Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's up? I'm in the office recording. You're in, you're in the office recording. So if you hear um, kids, I'm at work. Um, special episode today. Uh, third annual, third annual Mother's Day episode. Yeah, my mom's at work. She actually just called me. Oh, okay. Um, we uh, we which we still need to do that episode where where maybe over the summer we find a day where we can try to get your mom on and then try to get my mom on. Yeah. My, my grandma might hop on. She's there got a new go. computer. Let's do it. Um, She needed her zoom downloaded. I said, what you know about zoom? <laughs> She's like, I got meetings. We don't <laughs> even work. We'll get grandma on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, a special episode again, we've, we've done this. This is again, our third year uh, doing this. So we'll have, uh, we'll have some guests joining us in a little bit. Um, a brand new guest, two repeat guests, and a, and a new guest coming in for the Mother's Day episode. Yep. Uh, so just in general, excited about the the fact that we're celebrating um, Mother's Day and and all the wonderful uh, women figures that we have in our lives that uh, have helped us get to where we are. Um, yeah. um So so big shout out to to all the moms out there. Happy Happy Mother's Day. Um, whether you're whether you're the biological mom or you're just the mom. Or you're the person as a mom figure, yeah, whatever it is. Your dog happy, mom, happy cat mom, yeah, happy, happy mother city cat mom, um, uh, farm animal any, mom. Yeah, before before we before we talk about some stuff, do you have any uh, like any fun memories with your mom involving soccer? Uh, yeah, a whole bunch. All right, just give me a lot. One. Just give me one. Um, I mean, the biggest one was just like seeing her smile, like senior night. Uh, just yeah. knowing, like, I was the oldest senior, uh, walking across the field, knowing like soccer was my passion. I was gonna go play in college, so that was huge. Nice. My mom was always like, and you know, you can ask like Josh Katz or like a couple other people that knew my brother, uh, or coached my brother. My mom was always the quiet one, uh, she was always the one that was just like there. My yeah. grandma was the one that was like up and down the sidelines yeah. like cheering. Yeah. Back in her younger days. <laughs> um I'll see if she'll come out to some of my summer league games. There you go. There you go. What about you? Um for me, I, I think the most recent thing that that we went through with soccer, um I, I I don't know if I've actually talked about this, but the World Cup. Uh so so everyone knows or I, I don't know how, how much I've talked about this at some point I think I need to go through all the list of things but I went through a uh, bit of a superstition thing uh starting in the second game of of Argentina's second game against Mexico after the Saudi Arabia loss um but basically to the point where I my mom couldn't watch so my mom watched the first game I think and then couldn't watch the second game and because she couldn't watch the second game, I basically told her she wasn't allowed to watch any of the other games. Uh, so she would, she would, she would tell her, all her friends and stuff like that, and in any other chats or group chats she was in, that she wasn't allowed to like know any of the scores or anything. Like they weren't allowed to tell no one's. So my mom legitimately knew nothing about the game. My dad's in Argentina. Um, we're we're back here in Delaware. Uh, my mom had no idea what was going on the majority of the games until I would send out a text message after the game. Uh, so it was, it, yeah, it actually was funny because um, uh, a couple months ago, 
when once my dad come back came back from Argentina a couple months ago, we actually sat down and watched the final again, just my dad and, and myself. And and uh, it was the first mom, time you're allowed to come in now. Yeah, it was the first time mom was actually allowed to watch the goals because <laughs> she hadn't seen them yet. She hadn't seen anything really. So um, <laughs> I see why but, she left your game at halftime that one time. <laughs> she was cold. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think she's giving you the cold shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that's a big part of it. I think the the sacrifice in general of, I, I think more of more now as a coach, of uh, of coming out to games with me. Um, you know the the other the other one that sticks out is uh, one day she was visiting from Florida when she was living in Florida, and um, she came out to we were and you're gonna know exactly what what I'm talking about here. We were in the uh, Pan Fusion Winter Showcase Ooh. up in the Proving Grounds. We had an 8 a.m. game. And my mom, my mom drove out there with me to the Proving Grounds. Uh, and it was, it was cold. It was I'm, cold. I'll tell you this. My mom and grandma have come to grand total. Actually, my grandma's come to two games. My mom just came out to one game. And she does not miss it. <laughs> she is good. Like I'd have to find like an eleven a.m. game. Yeah, like five at Shooty Park. Like you'd have to bring that <laughs> like Shooty Park, and it had to be like a cool like sixty-five, seventy yeah. degrees That's in the shade. Like you gotta like map this out. Like that's funny. She ain't coming out to no more games. She, that's that's funny, uh, but yeah, I mean that all, all those all those things really really jump out. I mean those. Th- it, I think I think you mentioned it before. I think the drives, right? Like those drives are are always super cool and super fun when you when you get to just spend that time and put a lot of miles on that Honda, that Honda Odyssey. <laughs> I think a great Honda Odyssey. That thing was rolling. There no you TV, go. And we we didn't get the one with the TVs, and that was the biggest regret we ever had. <laughs> Should have got the ones with the TV and the automatic doors. We didn't know how much she, she didn't know how much driving she was going to do right before she bought that van. <laughs> um, Everybody else was getting minivans and you just, TVs, yeah. and we were just like, man, and they're pulling the door. Didn't think that went through. Yeah, I know people <laughs> would sit there, like you get people a ride, they'd sit there, wait for the door to open. It's like, nah, <laughs> no, no, you got to actually. It ain't, like, it ain't like this. <laughs> um the good old times i think good times. the good times um all right um uh so high quick school soccer man. yeah quick, so- quick high school soccer update um since last friday uh beat conquered in a huge uh conference rivalry game beat him in overtime um we lost to del castle uh second loss of the season on monday uh but overall i thought we actually played played well considering the 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 tiredness of the of the, the kids have in general um and but but overall i thought we did a much better game than we did against against them last year um and then uh and then we have a game today against odyssey charter and then uh final conference game which is ultimately the conference championship game because whoever wins wins the conference championship um against brandy one on monday you got a drum no, no drum, no drum. Uh, the game, six thirty. At Brandywine, at Brandywine. Dang, come on, man. Sorry, it's a hike. Anybody trying is. to drive up there on a Monday? <laughs> it's it's a hike. We're gonna sponsor the podcast by uh, what's it? Grain, grain two O or grain H two O or whatever. H two O. Yeah, 
They got a good Monday special. I forget what it is. I was there right. spring break. Right after after the win, we'll, we'll meet there. One in Charlie Square. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I got one right around the corner from my house. Oh uh, well, like I, we happened to stop at the one by Charlie Square and yeah. ran into an old coach, Mario Yepes, works there. Okay, I'm just sitting there and looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, we know each other. It's good. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, so overall excited, excited, uh, next by, by the time we record the podcast next week, we'll be potentially going into the playoffs and figuring out what our Saturday matchup could be. Um, well, it's a lot better than you were last year when you were trying to figure out if you're supposed was, to be in Delaware or Pennsylvania. And also if I was making into the playoffs or not, Yeah, I think, I think this, the thing this year we're, we're, we're pretty confident we'll be in. Obviously we still, we got we to take care of business and, and, um, take Couple. care of these two games. Couple shakeups and uh, not a couple shakeups. A lot, a little bit of, yeah, movement, been, little bit of movement going on. In yeah, there. I don't know that anybody knows who's make who's in the playoffs or who's not in the playoffs, or at least where you are, like where you where you're going to fall in, especially that division one and the top of the division two. Division one are are those kind Panthers still movement. rolling? Shout out to one of our listeners. Yeah, they are. Panthers still rolling. Yeah, they are. They're, They're going to cause a going to cause a little ruckus in there. Yeah, I told you, man. I thought I thought going into the season they were going to do a good job. I I think I I talked about it. I thought they were going to have some good. They're going to have some good results. Eleven and three, man. They're out there just rolling. But um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's welcome in our let's welcome in our guest um as we as we prepare to talk about Mother's Day. All right, third annual mother's day episode the longest standing tradition outside of like the three things that we do in every episode but the longest standing tradition started by by our by our very very special guest uh our returning guest we like to call her the favorite the favorite of that family even though the two kids are pretty cute and pretty cool so it's hard it's hard to do that and you have a really cool dog as well um so uh kelly brown is back on the podcast kelly labor as i i have her still stored in my phone i don't think i'll ever change that uh so kelly you're you're back on the podcast for the third annual mother's day episode that's right thanks for having me the kids are still alive and breathing so i guess i'm i've done okay where's that round of applause sebastian that's right hold on uh wait where is it hold on give me two seconds no not it no that's not it (laughs) they're alive and breathing there it is um and and this this year you brought in a different guest i did we brought in uh someone that lives in colorado but we're going to consider an international guest because she is the first simone we have oh sorry I, i've already kind of spoiled it by saying her name but uh, uh simone mortensen uh is here with us hi simone hi nice to nice to be here kelly wrote me in so i guess uh that's it. That's we're excited, That's it. Yeah. we're excited to have you, uh, Simone. You are our first. We have we have this uh, giant, somewhat imaginary map of the world in the United States, where we like to cross off like where we have people from at, at any given point. Uh, and you are our first guest that uh, is from Australia. All right, that counts for something and appropriate, especially with the Women's World Cup coming up. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Simone, you're the head coach at Frederick High School, right? I am. Yep. My first year. That's exciting. All right. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about uh, being a mom in the world of soccer uh, and youth soccer at that at that now. Um, 
Simone, what are the difficulties uh, or what are what are some of the exciting things that, that come along with that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the hardest part, you know, is just fitting in the routine of schedules and then uh, managing basically care of, okay, I could bring him with me all the time, but then he becomes a two and a half year old running around, jumping on the the high jump mats or jumping in the long jump pits while tracks practicing. So I'm like, okay, this won't work. So let's try something else. And then, um, you know, my husband's a coach as well. So then his schedule is the same time as my schedule. So it just becomes a juggling act and, you know, daycare ends. So you're again, finding ways of trying to fit it in while daycare is happening or because my family's far away, utilizing my parents, my parents-in-law, seeing how they can help. So it just becomes a a juggle of who can help when. So it's a lot of organization and managing, you know, and and then I think all the stress of that, you know, I'm always reminded as I see my son run across the field to me, uh, you know, and everyone's like, oh, is that your son? And you have those moments where that's exciting of why you do it. And, you know, so Although on this side, everything's difficult and you have to balance everything and it takes a village, as everyone would say, you know, those moments when you've in a huddle or you've won a game or just you're tired and you look across and you see your family, you know, that's kind of what makes it all worth it. Kelly, what about you? What's what's new in this year, considering now you have two kids that are walking around? Last year, you didn't. Oh my gosh, that's true. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I can't top that answer from the Aussie over there. She gave me goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> I think the coolest part now with Aiden being three, and Sebastian, you probably can relate to this, is the relationships that he has with the players. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the players just kind of are drawn to him. And then he gets excited to go see soccer practice and the sailors and he high fives everybody or they play and all of a sudden he's got 20 positive female role models in front of him which i think is pretty unique and pretty cool um for a a young kid to have and then he gets to see them compete and then he gets to play with them at the barbecue you know on a saturday so i think that's pretty neat cammy's still pretty young um but i know having both of them have relationships with those players is is going to be invaluable. Yeah, I, uh, I I took Lila to practice last Saturday. Um, I had a high school practice this past weekend, and I took Lila with me. And she she jumped in the golf cart from the moment we got there with uh, with our athletic trainer, and just kind mm-hmm. of run around with her, and just and then she just played with the with the with the with the players and things like that. And I think that's a I think that's a huge point. Um, and I think it's a bonding experience now that you get to have with your child that, you know, as Simone mentioned, right? Like, you know, you got a kid jumping in the, in the, in the, in the sand pit or Ethan jumping in the sand pit. Ethan Ethan is not allowed to come to soccer practice. Uh, (laughs) Ethan is unpredictable. He's an unpredictable, so unpredictable individual. So Lila's the only one that's allowed to come to practice. Um, Kelly, you've with, uh, with, uh, I don't know that. I mean, we've mentioned this before about you, but I think, I think over the last couple of years, it's gotten a lot, a lot. You've gotten a lot more involved in it. But you have a you have a pretty high profile ODP position within within your region. 
So you travel quite a bit now. Um, yeah. How is how has that been this last couple of years? And obviously, I'm assuming it doesn't get easier every time you you leave. <laughs> uh, but but how do you balance that? That part's hard. I mean, I think that's where your partner comes into play. So my husband's been great and he has to play dad in those moments um, to allow me to coach at that level. Um, And that's one thing I'm trying to keep for myself. And I think it's easy as a mom to kind of lose that identity as a coach or kind of give up a lot as a coach or from your your work-life balance. And which is the one thing that I said I, I need as a as a person. And so Fields has been great supporting that. Um, I love my kids, but it's kind of nice to sit on an airplane for an hour and a half without juggling two children and snacks and diapers and wipes and water bottles and, you know, just to sit for an hour and a half. So that part is nice on top of the coaching. Um, but it's a balancing act. But I think so, you know, everybody talks about self-care and taking time for yourself as a mom. And that's my self-care. It's work, travel. That lighter, that lighter book bag that you get to travel with. Well, the first time I flew, no joke. I was like, "What do I do with my hands?" <laughs> you know, anchor man, where he's like, "I don't know what to do," and yeah. I was like, "Nothing to hold on to, or pull, or drag, or lift." Or I was just like, ah. "I have to check your shoulder." I wouldn't recommend trying to pick up any random kids at the airport. That's probably not a good idea either. So <laughs> no, you do start staring at kids and you're like, oh <laughs> snap out of the killing. <laughs> you gotta bring a stuffed animal with you. <laughs> yeah, then I'll be that 35-year-old carrying a stuffed animal. <laughs> um, Simone, uh why do you why do you think coaching is is such a big part of uh your life and why do you again as a as a mom continue to do it as well is it along the same side of like side of uh kelly having that outlet to a certain extent yeah i mean before it's always before children after children now but uh before you know i coached at university of northern colorado for what 10 years and then you know took a step away i did some club for a little bit and then had Lachlan so for the first two years you know of his life I didn't do soccer so I was just doing my regular job and I was a you know full-time mom and I didn't have that release or that outlet that Kelly's talking about and I got we got to a certain point and myself especially but you know my husband also knew is like okay you know I see your face on the soccer field and you don't have that and I was like no I don't uh, you know, and as much as you tried to create it, you know, in our backyard or whatever, it's just not the same. So when this position came up, you know, Lachlan by then was two, you know, and fairly self-sufficient and running away from his mom and climb, you know, jumping over the hill. And clearly he didn't need me maybe as much as I think I needed him. Um, so it was kind of time to spread my wings and the opportunity came up that was still close to home and you know, we had the conversation of can we balance and, you know, we decided for the bigger picture that, again, this is something I wanted, that release that was completely separate from work, completely separate from family life. And then, you know, again, being able to pursue something that has been such a big part of my life for, you know, my whole growing up, you know, my whole entire life. So I think it was just something that we knew I had to do and, you know, we would figure it out as we went along, which we certainly did. and. 
I'm appreciative of the experience and I look even back on it now and the joy I get even in the frustrating moments being out there, you know, is better than not not being out there. So I know for the long run and for my kid that that's a better decision of having a happier, more content mom and person than, you know, just going through the motions and not doing something that for myself that, again, ultimately helps me be a better mom. You are friendlier now. Because <laughs> you're not here, right? <laughs> say that virtually when we're in person. Kelly doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I had I actually I had a question along those lines. Do you think um, having kids has changed your perspective on how you potentially coach or approach coaching? That one's for Simone first. Oh. Uh, I was trying to think, you know, I don't, I still have moments that, you know, I think I'm still quite, I don't think, I don't think I'm as hard, but I don't know if that's just age more so or experience or level, you know, when you're coaching at different levels, you have to adjust your expectations. I can't bring my same expectation of them or even of myself, right? I have a different level that I'm, that I'm trying to reach and trying to connect with. So that ultimately changes. And I think that's more a person thing. Um, but I guess maybe I'm nicer if I'm yelling and then I see my kid run behind. I'm like, oh, I guess it should be nicer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's really changed much, I guess. I don't, never really thought about it that way. I still have my expectations and I still get disappointed when I come home and I'm frustrated and Tony looks at me, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, they just don't always get it or I'm missing something and I'm so hard on myself. But, you know, he always reminds me, you know, okay, you're with your family now, let it go. And I was like, all right, that's right. I can't hold on to it. So maybe in that front that it's easier to let go of things versus worrying about the details yeah. or the the losses or the the things that don't really matter when you come home and with your family. Kelly? So it's funny because I was thinking about this question since it's my third Mother's Day. <laughs> this podcast, I was like, I wonder if he's going to ask this. And Aiden just started daycare in January. And so it's only been, what, five months. And I start realizing how much I appreciate his teachers and how much of an influence his teachers have on him. And you just kind of Hope and pray across your fingers that they're teaching him the right lessons that you want him to be taught, or that he's, you know, they're teaching him how to be a good kid or a good friend. And I started thinking the past couple of weeks, I was like, gosh, coaches are kind of the same thing as teachers, or the same, they have the same impact on kids that teachers do. And once Aiden starts to get coaches, you hope, well, first of all, nobody else is allowed to coach him but myself. So we've already established that. No kidding. <laughs> I am 100% on the opposite yeah, side. Me I too. want nothing to do with coaching any of my kids in any That's what field said. Sebastian, I think you and I are mutual. We've seen it firsthand. We're like, oh, no, nah, we're, no, good. we're good. <laughs> yeah. That's what field says, too. Sorry, when I moved to Colorado, you'll coach the kids while Fields and I just sit on the sideline. Yeah, coach and Ethan, and we'll just heckle you the entire time. I'm just not chaperoning. I'm never chaperoning. Yeah, fair. Only one thing. Ash is going to be that parent that sends the emails. Yeah. Why didn't didn't Ethan start? 
I definitely not. Like, hey, good good job for not starting him. <laughs> He's a knucklehead. No. He's um, funny. So go ahead, Kelly. You were saying? No, it's just you just realize as a coach how much impact you have on kids. And yeah. I don't think I realized that to that extent until until I started thinking about his teachers. Do you think you approach potentially um you mentioned chaperoning? But do you think you approach the idea of the trips that you take? Because you take you take trips from a from a regional ODP staff perspective. You take trips with with kids out of state, and you know you've traveled to Hawaii a couple of times, and that's a that's a big trip. Um, when potentially not all the parents but travel, right? Uh, I would assume. Do you look at those trips differently now that as a mom and and how you like the expectations that you have in comparison to when you were coaching college without kids and in that part of it, obviously different age groups are a little different, but. Um, no, I don't think so. I think like kind of Simone said, you kind of, you're still a coach. Um, so I think the coaching and the expectations and the life lessons, you still want to hold true to, um, I don't think I've become more motherly as a coach. I think it's still a coach as a coach as opposed to their mom. Um, but I do. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, I meant to ask you this last year, and I don't think I ever, I don't think I did. I think Brittany might have asked you this while we were in Colorado, but I meant to ask you this. Um, and I figured, why not? Let's do it in, on the podcast. Do you think you, do you think you're a fan of soccer as a sport? And do you think that's changed over time from when you were younger to now? And and how does that play into it? Like from the standpoint of legitimately Saturday morning or something like that, watching, watching, watching a game or Sunday morning or whatever. Hmm. That's an interesting question. I am a bigger fan of the sport now than I was coaching college, I think. Okay. Because I don't think in, when I was a college coach, I love the sport, but I love competing a little bit more and like watching games. You never watched it really as a fan. At least I didn't. You're always trying to break something down or get a piece from here, a piece from there. And honestly, I don't know if I watch much soccer outside of like family or your own team. But now that I don't coach college, I find myself watching a lot more soccer as a fan. Plus, Arsenal is doing well, so it's easier. I, I knew that was coming. I, I felt I could just, I was waiting for those words. Arsenal. Uh, Simone, what about you? Uh, I don't necessarily think I'm more of a fan. You know, I do appreciate, I think, more of those moments when I get to step out on the field or get to bring my knowledge into that environment. Um, but I think in terms of my appreciation you know, for soccer, I think it's always been there. And if not, it's grown the, you know, the longer I've gone on or the more time I've stepped away from it and kind of come back to it. Um, so I guess you can say it's increased, especially when you have time away and you go back to certain things and you're like, oh, you know, I remember that or I really enjoy that. And then as you're watching your son grow up or things, you're like, okay, you know, I want them to experience or have similar experiences that I had, obviously, without being forced into any sport or choice that of, of you know, his parents uh, 
will or whatever, you know, and still people ask, well, will your son play soccer? And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to let him choose what he wants to. If he doesn't, that's fine. I'm not going to be upset. Um, but we do give him the chance any any time to put a ball in front of him. But, yeah. you know, what he chooses to do is what he chooses to do. Put that ball on his left foot. <laughs> I tried. He, <laughs> yeah. We he all have to that tend too. towards his right foot. But I'm like, why, come on. Why is it that, like, it's, it's just like a weird, like, almost like coach, like parent thing that, like, any chance you get, you stick a ball to some to your kid's left foot, right? Yeah. I was like, I just wanted to see since I'm left footed. I'm like, come on, what go. do you have? <laughs> just in case. Get off that, get off that well, long jump people, pit. Get off the long yeah. jump pit. <laughs> some people start a college fund. We just make them left footed. Yeah. There you exactly. go. There you go. Um, yeah, I think do you find do either of you find that uh yeah, I, I find that both my kids have Luckily, the World Cup helped uh, to a certain extent. The Men's World Cup helped in December with Argentina winning and and being able to watch all those games and having the kids around for, for some of them. And so they recognize, for example, that my kids recognize three things from a soccer standpoint. Uh, they recognize an Arsenal jersey because of Uncle Fields. Uh, <laughs> they recognize a Boca Juniors jersey and they recognize an Argentina jersey or potentially a Messi when he's when, when he's on TV. Um. But outside of that, I don't think my kids potentially care much about watching the sport from that standpoint. Um, is that something that you want? You want it, even if they don't play it, do you want to build that within within your kids? Well, my kid will be playing with Legos, and all of a sudden I hear, we've got Super Mick Arteta. He <laughs> knows just what, and I'm just like, Fields. Our kid is literally singing chant songs while building Legos in his room by my by himself. So, I mean, feel, and I I reference my husband a lot because he's he's such a fan of sports. Like he grew up a Carolina fan, right? So he went to games with his dad or his grandpa, and those are huge memories he has grown up. And I'd like to see that with my son and my husband because it's like. Is he going to look forward to going to those games? Or your kid, Sebastian, Argentina won, and you went to Argent back home to Argentina. It was like that must have been an incredible experience for them. And they might not recognize it now, but they might recognize it, you know, in ten years. Like, oh, I remember that time. So, I think for him to have memories like that with his family or his dad or his grandpa, I think, I think that's going to be special. If he likes a sport or teams, great. Um, but the biggest thing I'm trying to have us teach as parents is just like winning and losing is okay. And you don't need to throw the remote at the TV if Arsenal gets scored on or if City takes the title. Like, it's okay. We'll try again next year, you know? <laughs> and is that a is that a growing lesson between between Aiden and Fields happening at the same time a little bit? <laughs> wait hold on i think we're losing you a little bit uh hold on let me see that remote uh, we, can, the... we can see you just where the audio was cutting out the remote might have hit the router in their house <laughs> <laughs> uh simone what about you uh yeah i think <laughs> it's probably similar you know i mean we have the added dynamic you know that i'm from australia so you know will i is there the importance of, okay, if Australia is playing in something, 
could be rugby, could be soccer, you know, there will still be that, hey, you know, this is still your part of your country, yeah. you know, let's remember both. So I want to do a good job of kind of, uh, you know, reinforcing the love of both countries that, hey, you, you know, you're from America, but you also have your, you're also from Australia and we have that heritage. So uh, I think just remembering those moments. So, you know, we have our two flags, you know, hanging out back. And like I said, when, if they were to ever play each other in a final, you know, Tony and I joke, well, all right, if you want to take, you can take one kid, I'll take the other and we yeah. can split it from there. But just again, knowing their back, you know, his background and just having an appreciation of both countries. And like I said, I don't think it necessarily matters the sport and, hey, you have to sit down and watch this now with all of us. It's just, just again, that appreciation. And, you know, we hope to do that when we take him back with us this summer uh, to watch the Women's World Cup. And again, to just show the importance that women can have in the game, that it's not just about you know, the men's World Cup or male sports that, again, appreciating yeah. what women have done and acknowledging that as well. So we're glad we can share that with him on that year and then, you know, come back in 2026 for when it comes to America and pretty cool Mexico and Canada. So to have both within the span of, you know, 10 years for a little boy will be huge. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's, let's talk about the Women's World Cup for a second. So it's, it's in Australia and New Zealand. Correct. Yep. Um, how important? How important is it for for those two countries to host the the women's World Cup, and especially with the expansion of it to be in thirty two teams this year? Yeah. Um, how how important has it been for for Australia in general? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, just the from to see how far you know Australian soccer has come. You know, from when I was there playing to what it is now, and to have this opportunity for. Our country, I think, is amazing. And just to see the support that you have and, you know, looking and to uh, just have that buy-in. You know, we did just recently watch that the Matildas program on Disney+, Plus. Yeah. you know, and that just to show that amount of support and coverage, you know, we've never had that. So that was cool to see that, you know, they're really getting behind them and, you know, they really feel that that extra support to have the the whole country behind behind them but again also that aspect of it's a pretty cool place to go if I'm you know say so myself that to you know have such a great sporting event to be in such a a cool country I think you know highlights the best of both worlds and to have you know that high level you know in our own backyard I think it will be huge for just the women's game alone and the men's game you know moving forward so that's awesome yeah I'm 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 really excited for it I think uh, for the club that I'm working for, I think we we're 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 basing a camp. We're we're making creating a, like a World Cup theme for a camp based on the Women's World Cup and and trying to use that a lot of it and trying to potentially watch some games and things like that. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 a really cool. Uh, I haven't seen the Matildas one yet. I I want to do that. It's on my list to to watch. I know it just came out. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We. I found myself staying up. Like t Tony looks at me, he's like, "Another episode." I'm like, "Yeah." He's <laughs> like, "You don't get excited about any other show." I'm like, I know this is hey. Matilda. Are you on it? No. Did you make a cameo? Didn't no. you from, you from my from my back from my couch? I did. So it was cool. Like you know, I'd seen, I knew, still knew some of them and played with some of them. So okay, that's awesome. You know, still think that you know they're still playing 15 years on. It was kind of a cool thought of you know props to them 
for, you know, still being able to play at that high level and, you know, not me. So I had to hang it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At some point, at some point, you know, a couple of years down the road, we'll have to do a, uh, an, on an actual, like mother's day episode where we get everybody together and play like a little, like five V five, like pickup match or something like that. We'll wait for the kids to get older so the kids can all jump into it. Lachlan will just be bare, like stiff arming everybody. I think Lachlan's <laughs> going to be a rugby player. Yeah, he's going to have Aiden on his back like this. And like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Kelly, where have you where have you seen the growth? Uh, you went to the last Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. um, and, and going four years later now, where have you seen the growth in the in the women's sport? equal pay <laughs> can i throw that in there i mean Absolutely. that was huge. no 100 percent. i mean i think that's been a big topic of discussion over the last i mean probably more than four years but now with the world cup coming up i mean if the u.s women win it and the men went out what the round of 16 mm-hmm. so we probably need more money right then <laughs> they, they can and i think you just look at the nwsl and the the attendance that's occurring at those stadiums. I mean, they're breaking records every game. I mean, they're filling the biggest stadiums for these NWSL games. And then you got the World Cup, Women's World Cup coming up. And, you know, the viewership that's going to be watching these games and these matches. And, I mean, that's exciting. It's like kind of Simone said, the age at which some of the players that she played with are are still playing. But also for me, as a coach, how or former college coach, how many of my players are not my players, but the programs I've been a part of are playing pro overseas or at, in the NWSL or even with the women's national team? It's just they have so many opportunities now um, that Simone and I didn't have when we played. So I think that's, but that's not that's over the course of what we're only twenty six, Simone. So it's <laughs> yeah, you guys are younger than me. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. I think it's I think the equal pay, the opportunities, the viewership, the attendance, the support. There's just an excitement around the women's game. And they're they're badass players and it's fun to watch. Have you seen that be translated into the into the field when you're coaching younger, younger female players? In Steamboat where I live, not yet. Um, hopefully with the World Cup, now that we're here to bring that kind of excitement or that passion to those players is a goal of ours. Um, in the college game, I think just the they start to recognize names. Yeah. I think if you've got names to look up to as opposed to, you know, Cammy growing up and she goes, oh, I want to play like Messi. Well, now she can play like Alex Morgan instead and to have a female role model. I think that's going to be a big difference. Um, so I've noticed that in the college game a little bit more. Um, just recognizing players' opportunities and pathways to play professionally, um, but still, we're going to bring we're going to bring it back. Um, World Cup organizer Kelly. That's right. <laughs> Three a.m. Who's meeting me? Um, <laughs> keep the bars open. Seriously, bring your kids. Well, as well as the men's World Cup, that's what we did. We started to have those view parties and all of a, you know, a few people trickled in. And by the end, it was we had the bar packed. So I think yeah. just bringing all that passion together is something we want to do this summer. Yeah, I mean, the time, the time difference definitely, like, I don't know if it hurts it, but it definitely, like, takes a group of people that are like, all right, 3 a.m. is kind of there. 
as opposed to like at 11 a.m. I mean, I think that makes it difficult. But I mean, when you do see people waking up at 5 a.m. and 3 a.m. just to watch a game with their kids, like and saying, hey, look, this is outside of our norm. But like, hey, we're here. No, we're not. I think that's 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 huge. You just build a tradition, right? Yeah. I don't know how long that tradition will last <laughs> for some. <laughs> well, we were supposed to go with Simone to Australia and New Zealand. I think we talked about it, what, three years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, two, even last year. Even six months ago, I said, you yeah, come in. On that boat. Get a road yeah, boat. The last thing I want to do is travel 17 hours in a plane with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Hey, <laughs> yes, but if you, you would have us and it'd just be... A, they, they invent this thing, <laughs> exactly. this fantastic thing called melatonin. <laughs> or a catamaran. You can take that out there. <laughs> uh, that would be, be like six trip. months. You'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have to leave now. I hope you know, are in there. Um uh I have I have two I have two somewhat tougher questions uh before we start wrapping up. Um do you ever have that feeling of guilt in general when it comes to coaching, uh, being being a parent, and how do you get past it to a certain extent? Go for it, Smith. Yeah, I mean, I can say a hundred percent. I did. Yeah, I that first time I left. You know, I, it took a while, and it took like check-ins and uh, just you know, the constant uh, reassurance that, yeah, that you were leaving them with someone else, that would they be okay or just trusting that. Um, so it took, you know, a couple of times and then coming back and realizing, okay, everything's okay, <laughs> let it go. And then, again, I think those conversations with uh, my husband and just him reassuring me that it's okay, you have to trust these moments and everything will work out. Uh, but I don't think it ever goes away. You know, you always now as a mom, if not more, wonder if all your decisions are the right ones. And okay, am I doing this for myself or for the the greater the greater good of the family or my son or whatever that may be? So you know, I think it's hard not to consider that. But again, it's what you how much you choose to hang on to it and kind of what you do. And realizing that what you are doing is a good thing, like I said, it comes back to if it's making me a happier and better mom, you know, in the long run, that's a better decision versus resenting anyone for me not being able to go out and do what I love to do. So, yeah. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah, the, the guilt's real when it's there and it sucks <laughs> um, and you don't. You don't get over it, I guess, but you just keep, you have to keep doing it. And I think that's the one thing I've told myself or even feels has told me, like, just keep going. Um, and that guilt kind of gets quieter and quieter. At least for me, it's there, but it's, it's a little quieter than it was like a year ago. Um, and now the guilt is like, God, if I'm not home to, to put dinner on the table, what are they eating? And I'm like, now I'm guilty for, because they're eating something that maybe I would have made a little bit differently or, you know, I don't know. That's where the guilt's coming out, but it's kind of nice now that Aiden's older. I want to include him in a lot more. And I think that's helping with the guilt part. It's like, come with me, you know, come see the good things, but yeah, it's, it's there. I wish it was going away, but. Is that a shot at fields is cooking? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> 
told those years as a vegetarian. Uh, um, uh, if you had to, so, so for the, so let's just flash forward to the uh, 13th annual Mother's Day episode of the podcast. 13. So 10, 10 years from now. <laughs> Uh, I might have someone. I might have someone that could participate at that point. <laughs> uh, thir- 13, 13 year, so ten years from now, and uh, and and for this this particular episode, we're inviting your kids into the the episode, right? So all all of them are here. It's a it's a packed house of, on Zoom. Um, and the question is, uh, why did you coach when I was little? What's the uh? Why did you coach soccer, or why do you continue to coach soccer? You know, obviously, hopefully, both of you are still coaching in ten years. But, uh, but, but, why? Why did you coach? Why were you on three Mother's Day episodes, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the coaching thing, and that obviously it leads to a bigger discussion on what you coach. But I coached when he was little, just because that's that's what mommy does. I mean, that's was my passion. That's what I enjoyed doing. Um, I coach in a different world now for my kids. And I think that's something I would probably tell them in 13, 13 years is I was coaching college, but then I decided not to coach college anymore to raise, to spend the time when you guys were little. I'm with you guys. Uh, and I coach, coach a different set of athletes now. Um, but it was a passion and I love it. And even though it's hard, sometimes you, you still do it. Um, and like Simone said, that image of your kid running across the field, I mean, Sebastian, you know, and getting that hug. Yeah. That's the coolest feeling in the world. And if I was in a corporate office, Ada running through the halls to my cubicle, I don't know if that has the same kind of effect on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the emotions in a game. Or the emotions or seeing your players watch your little kid run up into your arms and seeing what they're seeing. I mean, that's that's powerful. And I think that's what's keeping me keep me coaching. So I tell them that in 13 years. Simone? Uh, yeah, I think similarly, just kind of be saying, you know, this is, you know, what what makes mom happy, you know, that this is what drives me and, you know, that again, it teaches you a different side of life, like team sports. And again, especially being a a woman, I think just helps uh, build those bonds and that role model, like I said, for for young kids and especially girls to see another female, you know, doing it to, to be involved in the game, but still have a family and being able to do both and still have another job, you know, just showing that the, the dedication and the hard work that it takes to to not shy away from those moments just because things are a little hard or you feel a little guilty or bad at times that, you know, if you really want something and you want to be a part of something that you can do that, you can do whatever you want and kind of push through those moments and find what makes you happy. So, you know, I would explain that to him and show him the video of him, you know, kicking a soccer ball into the goal and, you know, having those moments is what you know, has led to where, you know, he would be today or in those 13 years with his cool hair and not talking to mom anymore, you know, (laughs) would explain that, you know, that is the biggest thing as he, you know, gets prepared to make his own decisions when by the time he's an adult or whatever, you know, so, and as a reminder, you know, even now at two, when we drive past Frederick High School, you know, he says, soccer, mommy, you know, and 
even that knowledge, you're like, oh, wow, he does know these things, yeah. which, you know, again, you don't, you take it a little bit for granted or don't always think of those things. But the repetitive nature as we keep exposing him to these things is, you know, is huge for any little kid. So. Um, I've got a question for you. So you've got two flags. You said you have two flags outside your house, Australia yep. and America. Uh-huh. Your son gets to the point where he's got to represent a national team. I know. We've <laughs> had this choice. Where, where's he going? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say Australia, but, you know, maybe maybe in certain games, I don't know, by in 10 years, 20 years, maybe Australia has come a little more. You know, do I acknowledge that in some competitive nature or the field that the U.S. men's is, you know, slightly ahead of the game for, you know, Australian men's soccer right now. Yes. So maybe I'm like, okay, for that side. But for my personal side, I always say Australia and Tony says, no, U.S., but we would still support whichever choice he made. I mean, I guess Australia, you get those nice flights back home, compliments of your son, right? Like, yeah, I, there you go. I could just join him. <laughs> you to go to Australia. A private co- jet. A couple <laughs> times a year, right? Yeah. And then he'd stay. Here we go. Just live on the beach. All right. Let's go. Yeah. We don't have to go back. We just live here. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Kelly can be our dietitian and bring all her food that she's making yeah. so nicely for her family. There you go. <laughs> Okay, it came out wrong. Okay, <laughs> it was just a little rushed. <laughs> uh, yes, I would love to go with you and be your dietitian in Australia. Thanks for the invite. We'll be the official. We'll be the official podcasters of the of of that experience. Uh, <laughs> get our media. We like to insert ourselves in pretty much anything. <laughs> at this point. Um. Uh. All right. Uh. One. One final advice i think kelly we may have done this every ever the last two years but uh advice to to any any um moms that are that are coaching soccer uh just just any advice that that you might have within your experience that that could help somebody that's potentially struggling or um or you know feeling that guilt that we talked about before I don't know if I have any advice, but I'll take some. <laughs> so maybe Simone can give the first one. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest one, it's the hardest one for me to do and take myself is just don't don't be afraid to ask for help, that it's there and people want to help and you just have to let them in and let them know that you want to do something, but you need some support in these areas, but just asking for help rather than just not doing something because you you've never asked or you didn't think you anyone would help or didn't have the supports in place. High school team high, high school team <laughs> managers make some good babysitters if you can find them good. Well they keep offering and I'm like, well there you go. Well at least at practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you there's still some, some supervision involved with it. See so the manager chasing Lachlan to the high jump and you're like, oh God. <laughs> he just says no, go away, go away. <laughs> No, that's a good piece of advice. And that's, I think, I, I don't think I was privy to share that advice, but I've definitely taken up that advice the past probably two or three months and it, it does make a difference. So. Perfect. Well, Kelly, Simone, um, thank you so much, not only for, for being on the podcast, but just for being fantastic people and fantastic moms and fantastic coaches. Uh, Kelly, you know how much appreciation I have for you. 
uh, for for all the countless reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, and Simone, you and I, you and I have uh, have met a couple of times, and it's always it was always really really fun to to spend time with you. And um, just thank you, thank you for both of you to for joining us this uh, this year, and happy Mother's Day on Sunday. Thresh, I got an idea for you. What what's your idea? Take your Odessa High School girls team and fly them out to Colorado to play Frederick High School. <laughs> we we do play in the same season, so Frederick and Steamboat. We we're gonna play Steamboat this year, but it didn't. The snow got in the way. Canceled. Yeah. Oh, the snow. The snow. That oh, maybe you guys should just come to Delaware. We don't have. <laughs> we don't have snow. We'll do a little three team. We'll do a little three three team tournament. Hey, we you want to be it. the? There's two other teams in the state that do it, Sebastian. Why, why not you? Yeah, why not us? Why not, why not yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I got a place to stay uh, if I go out to, to Steamboat, and uh, and there's a there's a pretty cool high school field out there with a really nice stadium, uh, local local legends out there. So uh, so we can uh, we can go out there. Start uh, fundraising might, now. Maybe maybe we'll host you. Maybe listen. Maybe next year's Mother's Day episode will be hosted in Colorado while we're while we're in some sort of like yeah, maybe we can do that. That'd be sweet. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be yeah, there's, a, cool. there's your challenge for next spring, Sebastian. Can you <laughs> Wait, fundraise? Is it Hillary? Yes. Maybe Hillary will be on the episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming as a doctor? Absolutely. He's a dog mom. <laughs> dog mom. <laughs> Did I just make oh, You have no idea how uncomfortable that made him. That's awesome. Hey, I told her, I told her, listen, early, you know, January to June, baby, and uh, even numbered calendar year. Yeah, that's what he, he has this entire plan. Because again, he wants, he wants made a baller. Yeah, he's looking at the relative age effect and the idea of like, you know, first half trying to retire early. Listen, I got a doctor, a girlfriend, I'm trying to retire early. Like, if I can get a baller and I can be his agent and go overseas. For whatever yeah, we, we shot for Q1. We were Q1 babies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I have I have I've barely won. I mean, Ethan kind of makes it in April. Yeah. April, there you go. But um, but all right. Well, like, could be like over, <laughs> Europe, feet kicked up, <laughs> go watch training. <laughs> Great job. Then I got seats to every game. Yeah, it's perfect. It's all mapped out. He's got this entire plan. Okay. Well, next Mother's Day, I want to hear all of it. <laughs> we'll see the progress of where we are in 2024. 2024. Even calendar year. There you go. Perfect. If not, we'll see. We'll try again in 26. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kelly, Simone, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right, Dwayne. Um, I know you want to talk about a bunch of Italian stuff. Italian. Um, Without much stromboli. Man, I didn't get much stromboli today. AC Milan. Inter Milan. Inter Milan. Inter. Fiorentina. Inter won 2 nothing. First 20 minutes of the game, scored two goals. and Hey, that's a happy, that's a happy camper for me because um, I only got to watch the first 20 minutes of the game. So when I came back to my computer and saw that it was still uh, 2-0 at the end of the game. And somehow Ed and Jekko is still out here scoring goals. He's like one of those guys that were like, how are you still? He's he just stays scoring goals, man. But you put you bring him over to like the Premier League and can't figure it out. 
you send him back over to Italy. Like he's like Lukaku. Like you send him to Italy, they figure it out. Yeah, it's exactly like yeah, you're pro- yeah, you're right. And like Alvaro Morata, like they figure it out in Italy. Yeah, and then they make this big money move. Can't figure it out, and they go back to Italy. <laughs> Got to go back. Um, and then Juve and Sevilla tied. Yep. And then Roma won. Roma beat Leverkusen. Yep. And then in the Europe uh, Conference League, Fiorentina lost two one to Bazel from Switzerland. And then, uh, and then West Ham and against AZ, uh, one at home. But listen, but the, the, let's talk about the, yeah, three. You got, listen, you got, you got four, five, five Italian teams, five Italian teams within three competitions. You'll for sure have a, have a finalist in the Champions League, no yep. matter how it shakes up. Um, could have finalist in the Europa League the way it's looking right now. Like you, Juve, yeah, you, could, you could have a, you could have a Juve Roma final. Yeah. And then Fiorentino obviously has to battle back, but uh, I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say Serie A has got the best league in the world. Okay, all right. Well, let's. We got it. the best teams. They. They're okay. good in Europe. They're good in Europe. We'll go with that. <laughs> their, their Scudetto team is where are they at? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? They're not. They they lost. Um. All right. Uh. Let's uh. Let's do player of the match. So player of the match. Um, my I'm I'll go first. My player of the match. Um, my player of the match. This one's going to be a little surprising for you. Um, but my player of the match goes out to Kazuki Honda. Honda, Honda from back in the day. Honda, yeah, Honda from Milan. Yep, that's right. Yep. So, did you know uh, that? Um, That in 2018, after the World Cup, he was 32 years old and he took a coaching job while he was still a player. No, I didn't know that. He took a coaching job coaching the Cambodia national team. In the jungle. Took the Cambodia national team job. Um, and just the other day, he um he he's basically he's done. He's done with them. Uh he he's leaving that job. Um at the age of 36, um, they uh, they lost this past week in the um, they finished third in the Group A of the uh, South Asian Southeast Asian Games. Um, so uh, they they lost to um, they lost to Indonesia, two one. But uh, what I want to point out is the fact that he's been able to bring in a different style in general for a team um, that was known just for getting beat easily. Like it was an easy team to be for anybody that played them and try to make them, um, you know, a little bit more risky, right? Like try to try to be a little bit more present in games and try to, you know, be a little more attacking minded. But I think the biggest part, I, what I want to, what I want to about, I want to say about Honda is he coaches last games in shorts. And some slip on, uh, some slip on shoes. Uh, he, he couldn't coach yet. Uh, some certain clubs. So I'm just, I just, I just think it's funny because the fact that you coach in shorts to me, you get the player of the match anytime you do that. And he was always, he was known in the four and a half years that he was with uh, Cambodia for uh, for always wearing some some cool outfits on the on the bench. So uh, big shout out to. 
Tukisugi Honda. So that's my player of the match. Yours? Got two of them, right? I'm going to give it to the almost clutch player of the week for the Philadelphia Union, Kai Wagner. Yep. Um, rescued him twice. Yeah. Um, third time. Couldn't couldn't clutch it. Uh, couldn't couldn't finish his PK in the PK shootout. But yeah, sick goal in the what ninety first minute and fifty fiftieth second, like right at the end. Um, clutch goal in the U.S. Open Cup. But uh, yeah, and then another goal. He had another goal right before that to start the comeback. So left back out there balling. Um, so one of the commentators said best left back. In the in the MLS, could be. So I don't know. Um, and then the other one is going to stay in Philly. Shout out to their three guys going to the U uh, twenty World Cup. Um, so you got uh, Quinn Sullivan, Jack McGlynn, and Brandon Craig all nice. going down to Argentina. That's right, May twentieth is the start. I mean, you guys only got it because Indonesia is corrupt. Or right, they support <laughs> they support bad people. We still we still got it. I mean, you know who can always host it? America. That's right. It's in Argentina now, so. It can, you, know, you know what? We could have we it didn't right get in. We didn't get in, but we're still in it. You know what? There's some porta potties out there at the racetrack. There's a lot of grass fields out there. There's a lot of places <laughs> to park. We just got to get some portable lights in there, man. We could host it right here in Dover. All right. There you go. Um, and I'll be the guy to host it. <laughs> All right. On this day in history. So um, May 12th. Uh, 1979. Duane, what do you do if um, uh, what do you do if your team is up two nothing in the FA Cup FA Cup final in the 86 minute? There, my team's up two nothing in the FA Cup final 86 minute. Five four one. No, I'm just saying. What do you do as a fan? You're in the stadium. What do you do as a fan? Uh. Well, in England, you can't drink beer. We keep drinking beers and hope that the time goes by faster. Well, uh, in 1979, Arsenal was up to nothing against Manchester United. Uh oh. And in uh, the last five Uh-oh. minutes of the game, uh, Manchester United tied it. But, but, good old Alan Sunderland uh, scored in the 89th minute of the game. Uh, the 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 match is uh, famously known as the five minute final. Um. Uh, ninety nine thousand two hundred nineteen people were at Wembley that day. Um, wonder how many people actually left a little early. You de- you definitely do not leave early. <laughs> so uh, two nothing is the most. Everybody yeah. knows that two nothing yeah, is so, dangerous. So they scored two goals, but within a minute, and then uh, but Alan Sunderland ended up tying. Start, up, start or checking, start checking your beers, man, and hope that. Yeah. Um, fair play of the week. I think you and I can probably uh, say that we we have potentially the, the the same fair play for this week, considering the episode. Uh, so the Dan Simmons fair play of the week goes out to all the moms out there. Yeah, shout out to Dan Simmons' mom. Yeah, shout out to Dan Simmons' mom. Shout out to uh, Dan Simmons' wife. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Mrs. Mrs. Soccer Dan. Mrs. Jenny Simmons. Shout out to her. Shout out to shout out to all the moms out there. Um. Thanks. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, continue to do what you do. Um, and, uh, and thanks for, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, that's how we end it. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.